This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. So I wanted to speak about title disregarding cutesy title. The, the, the issue is Shem and Gozel, um, whether you can use Shem and Gozel or not to light. Now, um, it does seem far-fetched to us a little bit. I mean, the Shofar, the Mishavur brings over the first thing we, we just, we, I had the it's a Shem and Gozel Sochiyun, it comes from the Hanukkah, it brings a, a Tshuva Shalom and so on. Um, that's it. So it does seem to us kind of far-fetched person would steal shemen to, to, to be Madaka Menorah, um, I guess the Baditsu would say, or the wonderful Klal Yisrael, that people, they'll even steal in order to light Menorah, but Al-Kapanim, that case itself seems far-fetched, but there are cases that are not at all far-fetched. For instance, let's take an example. Two, two boys in a dormitory, and each one bought a packet of oil um, to use, and they mix it up. They, they all look alike, basically, and Ruve took Shimon, Shimon took Ruiz. The fact that it doesn't mind, it's still, it's still Gzela. I mean, there might not be an Avera, but, but, but certainly he's not Yotze. Or let's say they actually were different and he realizes that he took the wrong package and his friend is on the road and he doesn't even realize it yet, so he can't be Mochel. And so that's one example where you would have a Gozel, um, a a second one would be, let's say, not Gzela as much as something that's not... Sorry, sit, sit somewhere in the back, please. Um, somewhere where you would have a, um, something that's not yours, but it's not stolen. For instance, um, you, you, you came in very late, and someone says, here, use this. Halachically, you're allowed to use it, but it's not yours. So we might not have stolen, but something that's not yours. So you have somebody telling you, okay, halachically, if you didn't make a Kenyan, it's not yours, and therefore, would that be a problem? There's a third fascinating case brought in in a in an early Tshuva Sefer called Shara Ephraim, not the famous Shara Ephraim, who was a Ephraim Akolis, but there was a Ephraim Akohen 400 years ago, and yet the following Shiloh. I mean, today we're spoiled. We, 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 we have plenty of stuff, and we, um, we, we throw everything out. But this is what happened. A woman was going to saute maybe latkes, maybe blintzes, with butter. And she starts frying the butter, and she realizes it's a fleshika pan. Okay, it's a fleshika pan. So now um, the butter is asa bahanoah. So, okay, you can't use it, but um, you don't want to throw it out. In the old days, there, you know, people, every, every penny was a penny, and everything costed money, and it was expensive and difficult to attain. So she has a great idea. How about using it for Hanukkah candles? Um, so Isuri Hanor itself, it, we have a cloud, mitzvahs lavla henas nitnu, and it would not, it would possibly not be a problem of Isahanah and let's use it. However, there's a, there's a hitch. Things that are Isahanah have the, the, the property of not belonging to you. It, it is one of the rules of Isahanah that it does not, it's ownerless. 
besides the fact that it's useless, it's ownerless, even if you could find a use for it. And I, I don't want to go off tangent, but that's, that's um, the, hal- the halacha. So we have a third case of something that's not yours. So let's go back to the original issue of Gozel, and let's try to define what the problems are, and then we'll, and then we'll try to look into the halacha of it and, 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 get, and see some of the sides. If I have a stolen chayfetz, what are the problems with using it for any mitzvah? So let's take a look at the first Mara Makam that we have, the Gemara in Sukkah. So, the, 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 the source for all problems is a Gemara in Lulavagazel, quite a famous Gemara. The Gemara says, the Mishnah says that Lulavagazel is a problem both on the first Ayantiv and on the, on the other day's yantiv. The, so the Gemara has a bottom line of two possible problems with Lulva Gazel. One possible problem is that it doesn't belong to you, and in those places where you need something to belong to you, you can't be out with it. It wouldn't only be Gazel, it would be borrowed. That's why with Alulav we go through all sorts of contortions. We do Matanam Sahachse. It's not yours. And the Torah required Lachem. So the first possible problem with anything stolen is Lachem. One. Two. We have the other days, the Gemara says we have a concept called Mitzvah Baba Vera, which means to do a Mitzvah where the only way that the Mitzvah is happening is through an Avera, renders it unfit. So, um, the, the second day, if you pick up a lulva guzzle, so you're, you're taking it as a lulav is, is at the price of stealing it from somebody. So that would be a problem of mitzvah Avera. So the two possible halachic issues with something stolen are, one, it's not yours, and if you need lachem, Two, there's a special, specific problem of Mitzvah Babavera. We'll have to consider both of those issues, if they exist and how they exist in Avlogasteris. That's sort of the point of it. Um, some bits and pieces of information. The word uh, Mitzvah Babavera has certain klolem. It has to be, it has to be uh, uh, at the exact simultaneous, it has to be the exact same instant that you're doing the Avera. If you had to do an Avera to get to the mitzvah, that is a, um, that's not a soul of a Zavera. One point. Another point of information, whether, whether or not your Yotze with Zavera, it's obviously improper. No, it's not meant to sanction it doing an Avera. It, it's in certain, it's called Maos, Akash certainly doesn't want it. The question is, um, do you, can you light a second time with a bracha, were you yotze the evet, even though you did something despicable or not? It's, it, those are two separate issues. The Gemara in different places speaks about um, something through an avera being mos, and it's certainly not appropriate. You, you can't make a bracha on it. But the question is, on a technical level, were you yotze? So let's go back to an innocent case. You switched the oil with your roommate, and you lit it. Do you have to relight again or not? Were you yotze or not? So the two things to consider are lachem and mitzvah avera. So let's ask ourselves, let's look at the Lachem issue. Let's look at each one of the two. And get First thing is, is there an issue of Lachem or not? First glance, one would say, 
No. Lachem is a pasik. It applies wherever. The, in other words, the, the rule is, if you need the Torah to make a condition about something, then it's only those places where it's specifically mentioned. Lachem is mentioned once, twice. There are not many mitzvahs that you need Lachem. So the fact that it's mentioned in Lulav is fine. In Sukkah, there's no problem with Lachem. So um, you can eat anybody else's sukkah, not a problem. Um, tzitzis has to be lachem, and that's why a talus that you borrow, you don't make a brach on it, you, you take it again, but there are by far fewer mitzvahs that have the lachem requirement than there are the mitzvahs that don't have. So one would have to say the default setting for a mitzvah is it doesn't require lachem, it, it, we need to find a pasik or, or something, and so so as on the count of lachem, one would say, what's the problem? So let's take a look if that's true or not, and let's try to ponder it a bit. Let's take a look at the next page. So, you know, it, at first glance, without having any information, one would naturally say there is no problem of lachem. You don't need lachem. Where does it say you need lachem? In Hanukkah, it's a rabbanan. There's no pasik for sure, and so on. So the first, so, so there are going to be two major sources that seem to indicate that you need lachem, um, which which is a problem. The first one is a Gemara and Shabbos. Omer Rav Sheishes. Rav Sheishes says, "Achsonoi chayeb ner Chanukah." Achsonoi means someone who's a boarder. It means not a full guest. A full guest, somebody who is. Eating and and sleeping in your house is a, is a member of the household. That means he's, he's a household member. Achsanoi means he has a room that he is renting or using, and so 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 on the one hand, it, it's considered as having a house. It, it, it's sort of if, if a person Rahman is homeless, he has no chiyavad lagas neiros. You can't light anywhere except for a home. So being in somebody else's house as an achsanoi. Um, makes you chayev in that Luxembourg Hanukkah. On the other hand, you're not enough of a member of the household so you don't eat there also, and, um, and therefore you're chayev, and you've got an issue. Achsoi chayev ner Hanukkah. Om Rav said, um, how did I deal with this? Rav I guess, used to travel uh, either for business or for learning or something or other. May reish ke'avina be'rav, when I would come to the Rav's house, mishtatafna befriti Behadiushpiza. I would I would give I would give a few coins as a shtatfus with the host. After I married after I got married, Amina I said she's lying in our real house. And once you have your own home, that's the real house. And the house that you're staying at is certainly seen as being subordinate and you eat with your wife's unlock snares. But let's go back before. What in the world is he doing when he when he pays for somebody oil, which we still do today, um, if you don't need lachem? In other words, if you want to make somebody a shliach light for you, shlichus is for free. Um, you 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 say, hey, could you please do this for me or that? Could make bigas chametz. If you don't pay the guy, you don't pay the guy. I mean, if he's willing to do it, then it's fine. That's shlichus. Um, what is what is this hishtatfus in the oil over here? So it would seem to indicate that um, it would seem to indicate 
that you, there is a concept of lachem, and you know owning the oil is important for whatever reason. Well, that's one source. The second source is a set of Rishonim on a Gemara in Psachim. And they all say things that are very similar. And let's see what the Gemara The Gemara in Psachim speaks about what bracha to make on Bidikas Chametz. The Gemara, the, Gemara the, the, the issue is between Al and Le. And the Gemara is, and, we, and the Gemara notices that there are some brachas that we make Al and some brachas we make Le. And the question is, when do you say which? And the Gemara gives us some indication. The, um, the Rishonim all go through all the brachas, and they list the different brachas, and, and they have questions from different brachas. And this is a place where Rishonim talk about the Nusra the bracha. And um, the Gemara makes uh, the, one of the primary distinctions between Al and Le is do you need a shliach to do it? Do you need to do it yourself? Or can someone else do it? The word le implies that you have to do it. For instance, tefillin. Only you can put on tefillin on yourself. So you say le honyach tefillin. Because it means to do the act. The mitzvah is to do the maisa. And only you can do it. You can't have someone else, can't be on someone else's body. So therefore the le is appropriate. Um, whenever something can be done, for instance... Mila, the Gemara says, as if the father does, someone else does it. Al Hamila, because someone else is doing it. Al Pedin, the father is the one who has the primary obligation, but the mitzvah is fulfilled just as well, whoever does it. It's, it's or Shrita. Um, you, 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 um, if you share someone else's behemoth, it's the Shrita's Kasha. So the Gemara says that the primary distinction between Al and Le is. Is it is is it something that is the mitzvah to do and the other lamid means to do, or the mitzvah is that it be done? Al means that it take place, um, and like, you know put down Arab and things of that nature. So the ran who um, the, that's the first piece over here marked off the ran. You can do it through shliach. Being that you must participate and it has to be yours, so that means you must have yours, therefore. Um, the brach is appropriately lehadlik. So even though someone else can do the act of lehadlik, but there's an element here that you must do it. That's what Ran says, which seems to say, it, it seems a clearest source that um, there's a din of lachem, which is um, which is, runs counter to our intuition and would make it a problem. The Ramban and Rabbeinu David say things that are similar. Now, the Ramban, the Ramban is a bit cryptic, not clear if his gears is right or not. Rabbi David was a Talmud of Ramban. It's actually a Rishon that was uncovered, I don't know, 30 years ago maybe? And it's, it's an incredible, it's, 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 it's an incredible find because 
um, he's a Talmud Ramban, and a lot of what Ramban says cryptically, Ramban tends to write very short and doesn't explain itself well. He does explain, and, and it's, a, it's, it's a remarkable, remarkably useful Rishon on Psachim. So let's see what Ramban says. Vim Toma, same question as Ran. So Ramban says something. I don't know either gears as of Yeshlan Loma Shiny Hosam Shehadloka Mitzvah Atzmahi. The Hadloka is his own mitzvah. Shaoisa mitzvah. The eighth background leak and so shatufi be pre to be eight subshall atzmahi. So I don't know if the gears is something something is not doesn't it doesn't read in Hebrew it's not it's not reading. We definitely get the point that he's says like the Ran over here. That's quite clear. He brings the Gemara that you have to mishtatif. It's quite, a, quite a, 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 a clear that he means the same point. What does he mean with those three or four words? It's cryptic. Let's take a look in Rabbeinu David, who's more user-friendly, and you see clearly he's coming from there. The um, Shloyma, he asked in the first two or three lines, he asked the same question, basically. The Shloyma, the third line. Shemitzus nechanika vaday enal shliach. Shem kone odom psilois ushmonim. Vihidlik bishvil chaveroi. Vaday le osa klum. Veneroi le vorech klau. Alakmishech tfilos at betisvil chaveroi. A person must, um, a person must at least buy, if a person didn't even buy the shemen or the psilois, um, then, then, then yat yoitze. So the bracha is on the setting up the oil and the wicks, either by ownership or by physics setting up, and so on and so forth. So Rabbi David also seems to say, and we're assuming this is what Ramban is saying, one way or another, that the ownership of the oil and the wicks is, is, is very important. Which would te- which would make us feel that there is a union of lachem. So, basically, having seen um, these rishonim here, it seems as if there's a lachem, um, and and you have to own it. Something that's not posh at all, um, but that's on count one. Count two. What about the? Yes, please. So. Ownership itself, you can have a shliach. You can have a zochan on the of and so Correct. Understand that as Correct. A so theoretically, I could still appoint a shliach to be lighting for me. He'll be he'll be kona the the oil for me. He'll be kona the light for me. He'll do the mitzvah for me. Right. So we should not use we should not use a lamed. We should do oh like the whole mitzvah can be done on a shliach. So so I guess the, the point of the le is there's some element of personal obligation at least. The ownership of it. There's something of me in it, not the act, but the ownership. As opposed to shechita, which really, if anybody walked in and just shechted it, the person has no connection to it whatsoever. So, 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 so the lamed is justified, maybe not on the basis of doing the act, but it, it's, there's something personal about the obligation. That's how I, I would think that. Um, the um, Okay. The next one is the Rosh, who speaks about Lachem. This is in Rosh Hashanah. He speaks about a shofar. That's whether you need Lachem or not. 
V'chein b'shofa, im toka b'shofa gozl yotza, last three lines of that rush. V'hochi isa b'yoshalmi, ma b'in lulav l'shofa, amravasi b'lulav k'siv v'lokachtem l'chem, mishalachem, brom hochat yoim trua yeh l'chem mikol makol. In other words, the, the Yishalmi says that the lachem in, in Lulav defines the, the, the word of, defines lakachtem lachem. In Shofa, since the lachem is ye lachem, in other words, it's not defining the act. It means you are yoitzer. So, so, so the, the sense of the, of the Pasuk is you will have a tkiah Shofa. You don't have to be, it doesn't have to be your shofar. The, um, the, the implication of the rush sounds that you need to have a very specific pasik of lachem. Where do you have that in Hanukkah? I mean, you know, you, you, you see that even shofar, which has the word lachem, but since the word lachem is slightly different, we don't have it. So, so lachem is certainly not something that's used in the ordinary. So, so it raises back the question, where are all these Yishayim coming from? They're, they're saying it based on how the brach is, but wh- where does it come from? You see, in the rices, unless the Torah refers as lachem, there's no such halacha. Okay, two more. So that's as far as the... So we have sort of a bit of a conundrum in terms of how do we deal with the lachem issue. We'll come back to it soon. And now, what about the issue of mitzvah babavera? So we have two Gemaras here. We have a Gemara and a Rambam. It says as follows. Um, and then Gemara says, skip down a few lines. So the Gemara says over here that things that are not substantial, things that are not material, you don't have me'ila on it. Me'ila is when you steal from Hegdish. Um, there is going to be, there's going to be a, uh, a, an iser of me'ila. The dinim of me'ila are very, very similar to the dinim of gzela. You know, it's, it's, it's a fairly similar process. The only distinction is if you use something, it's also me'ila, but, but um, anything that you take from Hegdish is me'ila. The, the amount of taking is also Shavu Pruta. It's, it's, it's a gzela. It's, it's, it's a very chomedic form of gzela with its own halachas. That din is, is by... Um, it doesn't apply to things that are not of substance. So let's give an example. Um, imagine that I am passing by <coughs> an opera singer's house. We'll make it male, so no collision problem. And this person charges, I don't know, he charges tens of thousands of dollars for a, a performance. And I sneak into the back somewhere. I, I, I know, and I, I sneak into the behind the And I hear him singing, practicing. So it, there might be actually some issue of Asagas Kavul in terms of being Kapea Panasa, but there's no Gzela. You can't, if somebody has these magnificent paintings that he charges, who knows what to watch it, to see it. I, I should not see it without paying, but if I do see it, I don't order money. Things that have no substance, that, that are not objects taken, so you can, and this is actually one of the issues with, um, 
uh, what we call uh, not copyright, but things of, of, of um, when you steal things that are not of a material nature. Halachically, gzela is a hard one. Um, it, it, the, the two issues are hasagas gvul, where this becomes a way of, let's say you copy somebody's records, uh, CDs or records, whatever, they, um, it, it's, it's, you, you're taking away, that's called hasagas gvul. Um, that's one issue. And the second issue, if you'll notice in all the old sfarim, most haskamas are not that the safe is wonderful, but a cheirim on anybody to publish it for the next 10 years, 25 years, whatever it is, for, for, to, to, to be able to allow for intellectual um, property to flourish because nobody's going to make any books or recordings if, if they'll take it away. But there's no real gzela on it. So over here, be, so what's, what about over here? So let's take a look at the next Rambam. Shofa HaGozel, Shetoka Bo Yotza, Sheena Mitzvah Elo Bishmir Sakol. So he says, if you if you blew in a shayfa that's that, that's guzzle, since the mitzvah is the sound that emanates from it, that's not subject to stealing. Um, the Ramam compares the two. Ramam says things that are not of substance, there is no gzela to it. And therefore, it would not fall under the category of Mitzvah So these two cases seem to indicate that there would be no Mitzvah However, we just saw these Rishonim here who say that you have to buy the oil. It has to be yours. So the mitzvah somehow includes the oil also. Um, now, maybe we will have a problem with it because the oil is, is, is stolen and it has to be your oil. So, so it really, both issues hinge on this point. The Rishonim before seemed to say that the oil has to be yours. And if that's true, then we have a din of lechem and we have a problem being Yotzeg Zula of Mitzvah Bavera. But the question is, does it, does it mean what it says or not? So let's go back to our original point, which really would, um, addresses both issues. Where did this halach of lechem come from? By the oil. Um, they ask, some 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 deal with it, and they ask, um, what about, the, what about um, if the... Um, Megillah, if somebody stole a Megillah and read it, would anyone have a Hamininat Yotze? Somebody, if you take someone else's Megillah but I have some permission and you use it, uh, assuming that we don't say there's no Rishos, somebody has a big, a big sign on his Megillah, don't use it Rishos, and he uses it. He did wrong, but nobody would say that it's guzzle. So, so why is this different? So, two, two, so I'd like to offer two possible answers. Um, one of them would, would maybe raise the issue that there would be a cause and one would not. One possible shot, I think, is as follows. Um, the Rambam says, this is one of very counterintuitive halachas. When you light the candles, the, the menorah in the Beis Hamikdash, so there are two processes to it. One is you clean out all the old stuff that's left over um, and you light it. So everybody imagines that the Koyan is the, the guy who lights it, and the staff, whoever they may be, cleans it out and does it. The maintenance staff. Zion. V'chein hadlokas haneiris k'shera bizarim. If a zar lit it, 
it's kasha. Lefikach im hetev akoyenes aneris. As long as the koyen is the one who cleaned it out, and for that there was a pious, it's one of the piousim. Voitzian lechutz mutal zalat likom. So it's the exact opposite. The setting up the shemen and the psila was the ikra vayda, and therefore, and therefore, that's only bekoyin, and it's only kasha bekoyin. It's not kasha bizarre. Lighting it is kasha bizarre. The rivet argues whether it's chatchil or not. The Rambam says mutal zar amavram hiflik shama mutal zar ladikon. Rambam is really overdoing it when he says the zar is allowed to. Im hidlikon ksheres. It just means that if he did it, it's kasha. But be it as it may, in the mitzvah of Adlokas Neiris and Yisamikdash, the Haskonas Shemen and Psila was, act, in many ways, the more important avoda. And there, are, there have been an infinite amount of drushes set on this point about how the Sumera and the cleaning of the Tsenoros and on and on about, about making the point over here, which is the more important one. But be it as it may, it would sort of din lochem over here by the Shemen and the Psila makes sense at least because since the Hadlokas Ner Hanukkah is an emulation of, 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 of the Hadlokas and the Beis Hamikdash, one would say that yes it has to be of, um, of a similar I- I- nature, which means that this is part of the mitzvah if that's true, we would have the problem there's a different shot as to why you need to have the, the ner and the, and the psilin and why you have to buy be mishtatev and so on. And this is something which, fascinatingly enough, um, I saw in two places. The, the first, this, this one I didn't see, this point that I just made now. The other one I saw, um, Rav Soloveitchik has a piece on it, and he makes this point sort of as a milsa pshitasa. Um, there's also an old sefer, very, somebody's been forgotten, um, but was very known in his generation, Zichron Yehosef. Um, Rabbi Yosef Zechariah Schwartz, he was one of the greatest Bikiyim that lived in the 1800s. He was, his his Bikiyas is, is phenomenal. He was known as Bikiyas. He was also, um, for those of you who've read Haskola, he's the Vafsi of, of, the, of the infamous poem, uh, whatever. And um, what? He, he um, whatever. He, he, but but he, he, he wrote a Sefer Zichni Hosef. It is today a type of Sefer that very few people use because he, he just, I mean, you, you finish a tshuva, your mind is spinning with the amount of Mara that he brings. I mean, it just, I mean, it's an incredible, incredible amount. And Myrich tremendously. Um, and the print is old and, 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 and small and difficult to read. But it's, he, he makes this point like kind of, he, he goes through a whole, he talks about this point about Shem and Gazel. And, and this is a point that he sort of says, Agavurcha. If you don't look for it, you, it's, you, you missed it. The point is as follows. There's no Din Lechem. There's no Mokr for Din Lechem. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But let's go back. Th- there are three types of mitzvah. And we, have to, we have to nuance a little bit better. There's a type of mitzvah that there should be a mic on my roof. There should be a fence around my roof. I'm the one who should do it first. But if someone did it, the mitzvah is that it be done that there be a mic around my roof, and if it's done, tough luck, it's there, I, you know, and, and so on. Same thing with a mila. I have primary obligation to do it, but the, the mitzvah itself is that the child be mal, if somebody a kosher mila, shechita, all of those, the mitzvah really is, the, 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 the essence of the mitzvah is what happened, not who did it, and so on. One. There's the other extreme, like tefillin. 
Tefillin is me, my body, and you know, and that's it. Tefillin has to be on my body and so on. That's that's the the other extreme. Um, but there's another type of mitzvah. Let's take a look by Ner Hanukkah. Ner Hanukkah, the mitzvah is not that the house have Ner is lit. It's not like a mezuzah. It's like the, it's a personal obligation. But it does. I don't need it. it, it, it the question is. What makes this candle my candle? So if it's my oil and my wick, and I send somebody to light it, so I prepare in my house a Hanukkah, and, and I have, and I say, I'm not going to be home, Ruve, could you go light it for me? That's perfectly fine. It's my menorah. If I'm the member of somebody else's household, I don't have an obligation. It's, it's a dinner household. But let's say I'm an Achsanoi, and I have a Chiyuv, and I have a Chiyuv to, 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 to light so here I am. It's not my oil. It's not my wick. And this guy is lighting it because it's his, it's his house, his menorah. So what does it mean that I'm a yotza with him? What does it mean I'm making him a shliach when he's doing it for himself anyway? The, the, the need to buy in the shemen and, and, the, and, and to be mishtatif is not because there's an intrinsic need to own some of it. It's because... If I have a, in what way am I expressing that's mine? If I do the mice, I do the mice. If, if it's my oil, it, I'm a part of my oil, so that's why it's called mine. Without that, then, then in what way is it mine? Just because I said it's mine? The, 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 um, the same thing, is, so, so over here, the need to own, so let's say it's my house, and I'm the only one who's hired to do it, and I light it, even if it won't be my oil and, and wick, it still is my hadlaka. So let's say, so let's go back to, to the case of stolen or, or borrowed or, or you know not not um, by accident stolen. So I go to my house and I light it. It's my it's my house. I'm lighting it. My house. I'm the one who's mechuyev. It's my by dint of the fact that I'm the only person who was chayevted. it. So the other rishonim when they speak about the bracha, the bracha it means also. It doesn't mean. That 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 it's it's um, you have to own the oil. What they mean to say is, the mitzvah is a big picture, and I have to, I have to have some input in it, whether it's by doing the meiser or by owning the oil. I, they don't mean to say that you must always own the oil. If it's a situation where there's no other connection to me except by ownership, then I have to. That's the case of pruta, and and that's what you bring from mishtat of pruta. What they're showing is. That it's not enough that it be a mezuzah. If 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 a hundred people live in the house, even if they have no shaykh to each other, one mezuzah patters them. They don't have to all put mezuzahs. They don't have to put mikas. It's 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 done. In in Hanukkah, each person has an obligation. So we have a hundred unaffiliated people living in this house, like a, a dormitory or something. So for everybody to be yitzit with one person, in what way is he yoshlia? He's doing it for himself. So you told him to be mitzvah me also. So he said yes. So what? In brachas, for instance, there's shomea kaona. You heard it, so 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 it's as if you're bracha. Or you don't have that, and therefore uh, that's why you need it for. So according, to, so we've we've boiled down to two possible reasons why you need to what the ran means and what the gemara means really that you need to have some ownership. I suggested a possibility that maybe since the in the in the in adlokas neiris. The, the ikker is the hatavas aneris. So owning oil and the wicks would be a, a, an, an obligation. And in that case, um, 
one could actually um, one could actually uh, one would have to own it, and 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 if you lit with somebody else's oil or wicks, whether you knew it, didn't know it, you weren't yotze chiddush, but. That would be that would be a contraption. The other shot of explaining the Gemara there, the one that we said over from Zichn Yosef and Salvechik and, and is that there is no etzim obligation of 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 being a part in the oil and the wicks. It's only in in the cases that a person has no other connection but that way. You need to you need somehow to be expressed as the madlik of Nairis, as the Nairis. If it's so where you're doing the act and it's your house where you don't want no question if it was not yours. Um, and and therefore, as long as it would, it, that was the situation, you'd be Yotze, even if the oil would be not yours. There's actually one more case of oil that might not be yours. We spoke about Surah Noah about the butter, which is today not so common. But there is something that's very common today. Um, it, it's, in Israel, the Allah is like this. We, we in Israel, you have to be mafish, trumas, and maestris. Um, and you do it, or else it's not kosher, whatever heating, you have to do it. Meiser Rishon is and my, is not a problem because basically a czar is allowed to eat Meiser Rishon, and since no Levi can prove he's a Levi, even though I've gotten twice Meiser Rishon, it was a kilo. Somebody, uh, uh, a roommate of mine in Yeshiva was Israeli, and he had um, he had a plantation of of plums, so I got twice a kilo of plums as Meiser Rishon. But but most people eat the Meiser Rishon because you can. The truma, we take off a little bit, but truma, you can't eat, you can't touch. We, a, we assume no kayan is tar today, and we assume it's all tummy. We assume everything's tummy. So w- one of the things you can do with that oil is use it for Hanukkah. And, in, and there's also some Shemesh Sefer. That also might be ownerless oil. And um, that's talked about, as the Shemesh speaks about it. But th- those are the cases of ownerless. So over there, it's not so simple that it's ownerless, and that's and 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 uh, that's not so partial. But the other cases where you accidentally mix up with a roommate or somebody else, you took some even even not in a store. Let's take something simple. Uh, imagine a store. Um, you you know, th- there two people bought oil, and um, one person picked up the box or put it down, and then you take it. It, it so halachically that might not be considered lechem. Um, it's, uh, and certainly in, in yeshiva setting it's very possible, a, g- a guy takes from this box this box, the other box so according to the first plot we said um, it might be a problem according to the pshat that we said over from Zerhiosev and Salvechik, it would not be a problem because it's only if, if you're being mishtatif in somebody else, that's where you have that, that type of heat. Okay, so just make sure your oil is yours and we have no problems and uh, afraid of the Hanukkah why can't I be so today I assume that the takana was the oil of the wicks of that tub, and that's my assumption. You're right. I could clean it out. I mean, it'll be, it'll be that. Maybe yes, you shouldn't yes, be buying.